Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Happy Mother's Day to all my moms, stepmoms, drag moms, drag stepmoms out there. I hope you all had a wonderful, bottomless, mimosa brunch-filled day. <laughs> also, hello to all my other listeners out there. I hope you're doing well also. I want to give a shout out to some of my new listeners in... Kota Kinabalu, Malaysia, Frankfurt and Maine, Germany, Santana do Livramento, Brazil, St. Lambert, Canada, as well as the person who binged all the episodes in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> I see you all, and thanks for helping me spread the darkness. I have another announcement. I have decided that one of my two spinoff podcasts is going in the trash. <laughs> yes, say goodbye to The Looking Glass. I was going to use that spinoff to add more content and get through more of the quick reflections, but it never seemed to click and I just didn't do anything with it, so <sighs> say goodbye. But do look out for more episodes of Shades of Grey coming soon. Well, now with all that out of the way, let's get on to tonight's main feature. Tonight, on this Mother's Day evening, we are watching My Mom's a Werewolf from 1989. <laughs> this movie, okay, <laughs> this movie, with the high 80s fashion, the questionable soundtrack, the actors, the crazy characters those actors are portraying, all set in this random story, it's crazy. And it's all kind of set in these weird little vignettes. There's this, then this, then that, then this, then this, then we're here. Kind of choppy, really. Now, I thought I had seen this movie, but I must have dreamt that because there is no way I could forget this movie, or at least parts of it. So let's jump in the deep end and discuss My Mom's a Werewolf. So we start out with a great song, actually, over the opening credits, the Little Red Riding Hood song. And we see that horror alum John Saxon is in this, who you will all know from Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 3, from Blood Beach, one of my favorites, from Black Christmas, and a ton of others. Love him. Now, as the opening credits are winding down, we zero in on a suburban mom, Leslie, and her daughter, Jennifer, unloading the groceries from the car. And it's clear from this very first scene that the mom is taken for granted, as I'm sure most moms are. The daughter doesn't hold the front door for her, and to add insult to injury, the door locks. The family dog won't leave her alone, spilling the groceries. And we hear the dad, Howard, over the phone, and that he can't make it for dinner, even though Leslie is clearly missing him. Uh, Dad's on the phone. Oh, hi, Katie. Hi, honey. How's my little grandmother? Your little grandmother misses her big cucumber. Nice. Honey, you know I don't serve poison in this house, but I've got great new recipes. Seaweed spinach quiche with cultured yak butter. You are going to love it. A few more things about this opening scene. <laughs> One, train your damn dog. Two, your daughter's fashions are on the verge of 80s victimhood. And three, cultured yak butter, really? I live in San Francisco, and that's too pretentious even for me. <laughs> so now we cut to the smallest horror sci-fi convention I've ever seen. Well, I guess it was the 80s, and maybe they weren't as big then? Anyway, this is where we meet Jennifer's BFF, Stacy Poobah who you will know from Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. That's the one with the blonde girl with the telekinesis. Anyway, Stacy is a girl after my own heart. Wow! Look at this! An original replica of Claude Rains' costume in The Invisible Man. I have never met anyone who lives and breathes monsters the way you do. 
That's all I live for. Monsters and Ralph. That's right. Horror and dick. <laughs> Best combination. So then they see a fortune teller booth, and of course Stacy needs her future told. Hopefully she tells her not to go camping near a lake. <laughs> so they see the fortune teller, and look who it is. Now unless you're my age, or a bit older, you may not recognize her, but it is none other than Ruth Buzzy from Laugh-In. Now I am really showing my age. Eh. But I love her, and she's hilarious in this role. But of course, Jennifer is not having it, and is basically a huge downer this entire movie. And even though Stacy was the one who wanted the reading, the fortune teller, who has two crystal balls because she likes a second opinion, <laughs> starts getting a message for Jennifer. You, you have a dog? You have a dog? Ten bucks to find that out? I see you in conflict with an animal. No, no, wait. I see two animals. Whatever happened to you meet a tall, dark stranger? Someone very close to you, Will. Ralphie! Oh, oh, I see the sign of the pantagram on your face. Uh, I think that's just a zit. Beware. You will struggle with, a, with an unholy force over the next few days. Foolish child. Take my card. You'll be needing it. Did I mention this movie has a million one-liners and random on-screen gags that are just too funny? Well, now we're back with Leslie, the mom, home alone with the dog, watching TV, and of course we get some much-needed exposition provided by the TV news, a la Neither Living Dead or The Children. And now an update on the recent series of ferocious dog attacks. A young woman was assaulted and bitten by what she claims was a cross between a Rottweiler and local councilman Lou Lamont. Lamont was not available for questioning. The woman is under psychiatric observation, claiming Mr. Lamont is really... Then in walks the dad, Howard. Aww. And he is played by one of my favorite actors, John Shook, who was in Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, and he played Sergeant Enright in the Macmillan and Wife series, both of which are in my personal collection. <laughs> so he comes in and promptly falls asleep in the chair. And it's obvious that this mom is restless and in a rut and that their spark is gone. I mean, not only gone, but it's underwater at the moment, okay? <laughs> Cut to start of the weekend, and Stacy again talking horror to Jennifer, who is talking about her parents. While inside the house, the dad is hosting all the neighborhood DILFs to watch the game, while again ignoring his wife. What's wrong with your mom? It's dad. He has time for everything but her. Maybe she bores your father. I read in Cosmopolitan that 50% of all divorces happen because of neglect. Or maybe it was adultery. Don't they kind of go hand in hand? Or whatever in whatever. <laughs> you know, I think you worry too much. I just don't want to be the product of a broken home. Jeez, I would love it. <sighs> I could use my dad's closet to store my body parts collection in. So of course the mom storms out to go shopping. They needed flea collars for the dog anyway. Mom stops off at the pet store to get some flea collars. And this pet store is nuts. There's an obviously fake bat in a cage having a seizure, something furry running loose around the store, and a huge aquarium of white mice. 
And oh, hello, John Saxon, with your pointy teeth, wearing your sunglasses inside to hide your yellow-orange eyes. <laughs> so he kind of mesmerizes Leslie, which he could do to me anytime. I've always thought he was super sexy, especially when he plays a cop in that cop uniform. Oh, yes, he could get it. <laughs> uh, where, where was I? Oh, right, right, right. So he mesmerizes Leslie, and she leaves with a stack of flea collars. And if her day couldn't get any worse, a man runs up, steals a purse. But luckily, John Saxon is on the case and looks hungry. <laughs> so after the thief runs away and through a car wash, he stops because he thinks he's safe. But there's John Saxon to throw him into a truck full of flats of eggs. Okay. Now, for some reason, this super annoyed me. I mean, I get it's funny, all the broken eggs and the thought of them crunching under him. But honestly, what a huge waste. Think of all those poor, sore chicken asses that had to push out hundreds of eggs just as a landing pad for some thieving asshole. I don't know. Whatevs. So John Saxon returns the purse and says nothing and just creepily walks away. That was a weird little scene. It's like he forgot his lines and just kind of backed out of the scene. So now we are in a fancy, quote-unquote, restaurant. I mean, maybe it's fancy for a place down the block from a pet store, but I feel like they're really overselling it a bit. But the mom is about to order lunch, when who shows up, of course? John Saxon, who we'll finally find out is Harry Thropen. And who else shows up but the Nancy Drew girls, Jennifer and Stacy, and they catch mom with another man. And what is that man doing besides ordering very expensive wine? Well, he is licking Leslie's hand. Yeah, that seems normal. <laughs> By the way, I am loving this character for John Saxon. He gets to be weird and goofy. Uh, speaking of weird. Can you believe that? That disgusting pervert is licking my mother's hand. It's kind of cute. Maybe he's a foreigner. If I were married to someone as wonderful and as sensitive as you, I wouldn't want to spend a minute without you. Oh, Mr. You radiate love and compassion. I just want to crawl up inside of you and die. There's a pleasant thought. So dessert comes and it's flambéed and Harry freaks out when he sees the flames and runs away, leaving Leslie with the bill, of course. <laughs> so Leslie, bill in hand, goes a couple doors down to the pet shop to give Harry a piece of her mind and maybe get some of that money back. Okay. She goes into the back room of the pet store, and it's like a jungle in there. And there are animals semi-loose, and there's all this steam or fog or whatever it is. And there's this huge four-poster bed right in the center, which is kind of hot. And Harry is there and makes Leslie a double martini with a goldfish in it. Then Harry takes off his shirt, which, whew, here we go. And then he starts sucking Leslie's toe. And he's totally doing it in real life. Again, what a weird role for John Saxon. <laughs> I wonder if he was into feet. What if it was his idea? Hmm. Anyway, he bites her toe and she snaps out of the trance enough to leave, but Harry makes her forget everything. So now we're back at home and the dog is growling at Leslie. She can't remember how she hurt her toe and the daughter is doing a piss poor job of confronting her about having an affair. And the mom's like, I don't know what you were talking about. Later that night, Leslie is extra horned up 
and Howard gets the werewolf special by the sounds of it. Hi, honey. Howard, haven't you noticed anything? Sure I did. That roast beef was scrumptious. Then there's the nightmare scene, and you know it's the nightmare scene because there's lots of running down long foggy hallways, wolves in the snow, Harry turning into a slime monster, then the dream in a dream fake out. <laughs> there's so many little things in this movie. Next morning, Leslie wakes up and she looks rough. Rough, rough. <laughs> Dog joke. <laughs> so after brushing her teeth and shredding her toothbrush, she thinks she's dreaming and goes back to bed, only to wake up a little later, still thinking she's dreaming, realizing she's not. But she decides to go to the dentist and have her fangs filed down. Okay, now this scene with the dentist just makes me think of the Little Shop of Horrors and the burglar dentist scenes, but with a heaping scoop of a horny dentist named Dr. Rod Rodriguez. <laughs> Dr. Rodriguez, the cavity mTOR at your service. Please, sir. Uh... Call me Dr. Rod. So, you're here for a drilling or a filling? So after destroying a file and a Dremel tool to no avail, Leslie runs out of the dentist's office and heads to the butcher shop where this exchange is happening. So how's your veal today? Mine veal is so tasty, so succulent, juicy, young. Delicious. Such a veal you've never tasted. What about your leg of lamb? Oh, I have a leg of lamb so savory, so tender, you could plop. I only use the freshest, healthiest beef made from the underbellies of young virgin cows. I'll take a pound of hamburger. Two pounds and get a free matzo. One pound is plenty. <sighs> Something I can oh. get for you? Uh. Pork chops? She leaves the butcher shop with a light snack of a grocery bag full of raw pork chops. Mmm. Another little random scene thrown into this jumble is while driving on her way home, listening to the radio and dancing in her car, Leslie stops at a stoplight next to this old couple. Look at now, a singing world. We don't see many of them nowadays, do we? Like I said, this to this to that to here to jump, jump, jump. Ugh. Now we're at the Halloween party. Oh wait, did I forget to tell you that there was a Halloween party this weekend? And Jennifer and Stacy are having a costume party at Jennifer's house? Well, they are. And they do mention it a little bit, but it's kind of a non-subject beyond Ralph coming to the party. And honestly, I can see why Stacy is obsessed with Ralph. He is super hot, especially in his little caveman outfit. Ooh, he should have done more movies. 
So everyone at the party is thinking the mom is in an amazing werewolf outfit. But the mom is over it, locks herself in the bathroom to try and get rid of all this long white wolf hair on her legs. Mom, a bunch of kids are out here. What do they want? To pee. Tell me you're in the bathroom. Dougie jammed a pony. So let him hold it in. I also want to talk to you. I'm too busy to talk now. Mom, you have been in there a half an hour. That's cool. I've only been here 30 minutes. And the hair immediately grows back. Then a whole bunch of stuff happens. Jump, jump, jump. Harry comes to the house. Jennifer goes to Stacy for help since she's supposed to know about all this horror stuff. Harry talks to Leslie about becoming a werewolf. Good evening, my love. Yo, you're, you're the man of my dreams. That's so flattering. Who are you? What's going on? I've come to set you free. You are becoming immortal. What the hell's happening to me? Oh, don't be afraid. I can show you how to survive as a werewolf. Oh, werewolf? Werewolf. And I need a werewife. Someone to keep my race alive. I need sons and daughters. Huh. And you, my love, are the one who is going to give them to me. <laughs> I suppose we're going to live in a warehouse. <laughs> Dad comes home and gets the cold, hairy shoulder from Mom. And since Stacy wouldn't help Jennifer, she goes off to see the fortune teller again. Shaber, I need your help. My mom's a werewolf. What should I do? She's my mother. Kill her. Oh no. Jennifer, wait. Come in. I'll tell you everything I know about werewolves. Cut to the next morning, and mom on her way to the hair salon where she starts to wolf out and the nutty hairstylists the cut to the next morning and mom on her way to the hair salon where she starts to wolf out and the nutty hairstylist looks at it like a challenge i don't know what kind of hormones you've been taking girl but this is going to be my ultimate challenge come with me To nighttime, and John Saxon, uh, sorry, Harry, is in this sexy red satin robe getting ready to go see Leslie. Back at the house, Jennifer and Stacy are covered in garlic and crucifixes and holy water. Harry shows up and dispels all those super quick. But here's my question 
Stacy reads all these horror magazines, goes to horror cons, watches horror movies, and she doesn't know one simple thing about werewolves? I mean, watch The Wolfman from 1941, which you could also listen to me talk about on Shades of Grey, episode one. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, Wolfsbane, silver. It's classic. You don't use crucifixes. You don't use garlic. None of that works. But also, this movie kind of takes liberty with Harry mesmerizing people, which is more of a vampire thing as well. But whatever. Then there's the whole scene where Harry goes up to Leslie's bedroom, and she's in this white gorilla outfit that's supposed to be a werewolf. And then he wolfs out, and then is in a black gorilla outfit that kind of looks like a werewolf face, but just barely. All the while, the perverted guy next door watches them fight and then calls the cops. Damn those sabers! A little less noise down there! Ooh, shoe! Ooh. Oh! Ooh, that was good. Get that shoe. I want to smell that shoe. Please, get that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You wouldn't believe what those perverts are doing now. They're dressed in gorilla suits and they're rolling around the room having an orgy! <laughs> that does it. I'm calling the cops. Finally, Jennifer goes in with a silver serving fork on a stick and stabs Harry, the werewolf. What the hell? Really? You barely stab a full-grown werewolf in the chest, probably not even half an inch deep, with a silver fork? Not even a fork, like a silver serving fork, not even that sharp. And that's supposed to do something? Okay. Once the cops arrive, they try to get into the room and figure out what's going on and have this little interaction with Stacy. What is it? Mrs. Shaver won't change back until he dies. And if he doesn't die before the moon sets, she's in deep shit. Let me smell your breath. Only if I can smell yours. So they finally get into the room as the big werewolf is dying. And the mom werewolf is just sitting there in the chair, strangling her daughter, kind of. And she's like, no, don't shoot her. She's my mom. And the dad is also concerned. Don't shoot. She's my mom. That's my wife. That animal is your wife? Well, you have to get to know her. So then Harry dies, and the mom transfers back into a human, and you think the movie would be over, but no. Now it's this goofy next-day media frenzy with reporters and looky-loos all talking about the werewolves and all these, like, side jokes and slapstick humor and people falling down. And When police arrived on the scene, they discovered more than they had bargained for. What did you discover? More than we bargained for. So when that's all over, we cut to that night, and Stacy calls Jennifer about the werewolf curse. Hello? Jennifer, we got a big problem. What is it? Fangoria, issue number 43, October 1978. Unless a formal <sighs> is performed on the deceased werewolf, the one who killed it will transform within 24 hours of the flame. Good night, Stacy. Was there supposed to be a sequel with the daughter? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that was My Mom's a Werewolf from 1989. Whew. This one was all over the place, and I've never seen this. And again, how did I miss all these movies? I don't understand. But I have seen it now. This one was pretty entertaining, light, pretty fun, not scary in any way, goofy, silly, punny. The soundtrack was questionable in places, the special effects weren't that special, 
But this movie didn't take itself seriously at all, which was part of what made it work for me. It did screw up the werewolf mythos a little, but you know, you can forgive that. I'd say overall, this movie, My Mom's a Werewolf from 1989, gets 7 out of 10 chewed up toothbrushes. <laughs> well, I think that's it for tonight. As always, you can message me any comments, questions, concerns, recommendations, whatever you want. Just go to evilqueensf.com for all my contact info. And as always, keep watching scary movies. I'll follow you anywhere. Um, I gotta be home by 11 today. But it's 12.15. Then I guess I really gotta hurry. Hey, wait up!